Broadcasting from the Unshackled Studios in Melbourne, this is Will's Front, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now here's Tim Wills. Hello everyone and welcome back to a new Wilmsfront featured interview show on this Sunday, the 8th of October, 2023. We are broadcasting live on the Wilmsfront YouTube, Odyssey and Rumble channels. It is 7 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, starting a little early tonight. We're in the grand finale week of the Australian Aboriginal Voice Referendum Campaign with Referendum Day next Saturday on October the 14th. The polls all point to an overwhelming no vote in possibly all states apart from Tasmania. Uh, This turnaround has been largely in credit to the official uh, no uh, campaign uh, led by by Jacinta Price, uh, the Northern Territory uh, Senator, and uh, country liberal part from the country liberal party who is also the shadow indigenous affairs spokeswoman and warren mundine uh former labor party president and uh, obviously uh, they have shattered the uh, the narrative that the Aboriginal voice is what uh, what Aboriginal people both have asked for and uh, need or want. A, a, another prominent no campaigner and a friend of both Jacinta and Warren is Dr Anthony Dillon, a honorary fellow at the Australian Catholic University and also the author of, well, the editor one of the co-editors of this book in black and white, Australia at the Crossroads, which was published 10 years ago by Connor Court Publishing. And it's actually signed by Anthony, if I open it up to here. And even though it's a a 10-year-old book, uh, the solutions still, uh, well, they they haven't been implemented to, uh, uh, to closing the gap. And so... Anthony, uh, thank you for joining back on Wilms Front. Good to be back. Thank you. And as we're going to air right now, Channel 7 has got uh, the the voice singing competition uh, grand finale. And uh, there, even though you and I... I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be asked to sing, but shall we, or shall we leave that for another time? Oh, well, I, I know that I know that Jacinta Price can sing. She was a yeah. musician before before yeah. <laughs> she became politically active. Uh, but even though you and I have well, we, we we have consumed all, most of the the media commentary on this uh, voice referendum, there's still a lot of people who have only well know that there's a referendum on, and they have when they're asked about the voice that they say is that the singing competition yeah i mean it, it shows that you know well yes we're consumed about it but there's a lot of people out there it doesn't seem to be on their radar no and as as the 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 polls have have shown people they the the yes campaign and we're going to get into how poor a job they've done uh, they've clearly not really read the mood of the australian people who are focused on these other day-to-day issues and they've heard from uh, warren and jacinta and yourself 
I'm not sure if you created this meme here, uh, so not his voice, which is which is you, not her voice. Uh, Jacinta Price's breast Price's mother, and then it's got the Jacinta Price here and and Warren Mundine. I know that you shared it, uh, but when the polls were pointing to a well, overwhelming majority yes vote, I've it was before uh, a lot of Australians had heard of uh, U4, the awesome foursome. And so now that they have heard that this is Anthony Albanese, the narrative that he's put forward, what is it? It's a gracious, modest uh, request. It's all about respect. A lot of Australians have taken a double take. Yes, uh, that's certainly been the case. And he's still... Uh, beating that same drum and just recently I heard him talk about, you know, this is our, our chance to unite Australia. Um, you know, and I want to hear if it's going to unite Australia, exactly how it's going to do it. You know, uh, Don't just make these grand claims, but give us some detail. Well, it all, obviously, this uh, voice proposal, it stemmed from the Uluru Statement of From the Heart, in 2017, which is, well, Anthony Albanese told us it's just one page, and he said he hasn't read the uh, the other 26, well, it's the summary of the dialogues, the 26 pages, and the 112 is the minutes from the Uluru dialogues, uh, but it can basically, the way that I've read them, is that it still sees Australia through the lens of a black and white Australia. Uh, that uh, it's still the, the 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 white Australia, even though Australia is very multicultural and multi-ethnic now, uh, is still oppressing the the black. And it's when we're talking about the Aboriginal people, isn't it? Without the C, it's B L A K. So it's still seeing this as a basically a a, a continuing a, you could call it a struggle or even well some as as uh, Lydia Thorpe and the warriors of the Aboriginal resistance say it's it's still a war it's it's and talks about that well we're not even what is it uh, Australia is actually illegitimate in a lot of lot of lot of their eyes. Yeah, and look, whether you read the one page or the 26 pages, which I don't get hung up in that, but by the way, simply because just that one page alone and plus all the commentary around it by the architects, we can see very clearly that, you know, this has a flavour of us-them. And I've been talking about this for uh, at least two and a half decades now, nearly three decades, that these programs that are founded on this paradigm of separatism, us-them, that Indigenous people are fundamentally different to non-Indigenous people. Uh, while it might line the pockets of a few leaders, um, it really does very little to help reconciliation and help Indigenous people themselves. Uh, you know, I'm not saying we need to homogenise all of Australia and not recognise culture and that sort of thing, but the starting point must be to recognise the commonalities between a non-Indigenous and and Indigenous Australians far outweigh any differences. And when that's the, the starting point, when that's the foundation, you're going to have more success. With The Voice, like so many other programs before, it just embraces that paradigm of us, them, Indigenous are separate to non-Indigenous, and therefore 
it's not going to be successful. You know, having said that, I mean, yes, make it over the line, but the outcomes it hopes to achieve won't get up. Well, you identify as part Aboriginal Australian because you are mixed race. And yeah, and I mean, that's the end of the story. Yeah, I am. So continue on. But we have this, and a lot of the 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 radical <laughs> activists they are they identify mainly with their Aboriginal ancestry and uh, and spout all the grievance, even though they are part of white or have other ethnicities in them themselves. Yeah, and they have to carry on like that because you wouldn't know that they had Aboriginal ancestry if they didn't. Uh, so it's their way of saying, notice me, notice me, notice me. I'm a victim, I'm a victim. You're guilty. Yeah. And now I mentioned these radical groups like the, the warriors of the Aboriginal uh, resistance. We saw this week through that video uh, that mentioned uh, Lydia, Lydia Thorpe by a Nazi calling himself a member of the warriors of the convict resistance uh the i'm not sure if you've seen the the full video but it is very racist against aboriginal australians but the way that i've seen it given that there is this extreme sovereignty was never ceded always was it's still a war it's uh, and and that uh the 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 white people have genocided oppressed us then it's it's not surprising, not that I'm not that I'm saying that I approve. There is this equal reaction on the the other side that's saying, "Yeah, we conquered you, and we're we're proud of that." Yeah, uh, of course, extremists attract extremists, idiots attract idiots. So you know, I'm not uh, justifying it for one second at all. Uh, but unfortunately, in both the yes and you know, if we look at this um, through the, the lens of the referendum, if you like. Uh, the Uluru Statement, where we've got yes and no people. There's plenty of good people on both sides, but there is that sort of fringe element of idiots in each camp. Uh, and those fringe really don't represent the bulk of the people in those camps. Well, I know that Lydia Thorpe, she's a, a still a, a progressive nowhere, she calls it, but I have noticed that there's been a, a few who were progressive knows, such as Lydia Thorpe's sister and Tarnine Onus Brown, who used to be Tarnine Onus Williams, they've basically switched because they don't want to be voting on the same side as as Nazis. And this is sort of the, uh, you could call it some of the gaslighting of the Yes campaign. Vote, vote yes, so you're not on the side of Nazis. Uh, so you're not seen as a, a racist or a, a far-right extremist. Yeah, that's poor form. Um, you know, it's a shame that it's come to... And, you know, you could look at that, and I haven't wasted too much time, but you could look at the Yes Camp and, and find uh, extremist idiots that, that attach themselves to the Yes Camp as well. And I'm not, I'm not going to smear the whole Yes Camp because of those extremist idiots. You know, I, I think, you know, the Yes Camp have enough flaws in their arguments um, that that's where we should be focusing on. Well, another tactic of the Albanese government has been, and they've really, it's really backfired on them. They've tried to sort of have this as we're going to, this is what we're going to champion. And uh, they've also, we wanted to beat the, 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 the coalition and it seems to have backfired on them. But another tactic has been if if you're voting 
uh, uh, if you're voting no, make sure that you have all of the facts. Don't call for mis disinformation. They've really tried to, well, they, they want their facts. Their version, yeah. Um, you know, if you don't know, come and see us and we'll give you um, a version of the facts. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's one thing that they've tried. And I would encourage those, if you don't know, listen to both sides of the um, argument and draw your own opinion from that, your own conclusion from that. Listen to uh, people such as your, yourself, uh, for well, example. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I offer what? opinions and I'm, I'm happy for those opinions to be scrutinised and, and criticised. So if you have a problem with it, please come back to me and tell me where you think I've gone wrong. And uh, you've written uh, extensively uh, on on The Voice. Obviously, you, in your academic career, have also uh, written about uh, real ways to close the gap. But this is a free, non-paywalled article of, of yours at news.com.au, myths, myth about Indigenous people that needs to change amid the, the voice to Parliament. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is a good one in the sense that it's not behind a paywall, uh, others are, I've got in other papers where, rightly or wrongly, these papers choose to make you pay in order to to see them. But, you know, I can summarise my main arguments as to why I'm voting no as we go through this interview. And Well, you provide on your, your Twitter account some screenshots of uh, your articles and of, uh, I've got some of your uh, quotes here. So... To close the gap, we're going to have have to have some tough conversations. And I, Jacinta Price, she started one of those tough conversations with her. I think it'll be iconic National Press Club address. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, others have done it before her. She's just been able to bring it into sharp focus, given that the uh, the nation's attention is on Indigenous issues at the moment. Um, and, you know, the, the tough conversations which her and I and her mother and other like-minded people have been having for years and, you know, such as violence, which is obviously a very sensitive one and personal one for Jacinta. Um, so, you know, dealing with violence in remote communities, uh, ensuring that children have, you know, live in, in safe homes and, and go to good schools and that sort of thing. Um you know, there's there sorts of things we, we don't want to talk about um, and they do need to be spoken about. And, you know, I guess what makes it really a, a tough conversation when it comes to violence, for example, is we don't like to talk about the perpetrators and we know who the perpetrators are most, most often. Another one of your quotes that you've uh, put up is that uh, there's this, uh, that uh, there's this, uh, gap between the romance view of the Aboriginal practising their culture and how most Australians and, and with Aboriginal ancestry live their lives. And this is what Jacinta uh, spoke about. There is, we're taught when we're younger, like uh, in the school system, this uh, romantic, uh, romantic version of how the the ancient Aboriginals lived and how uh, they live in remote communities, that it's all dot paintings, didgeridoos, smoking ceremonies. And it is confronting, and also uh, people don't want to be called racist, that there, is, that there are is this violence which 
and these also, as Jacinta said, these uh, arranged marriages, uh, polygamy, which is part of ancient aborig traditional Aboriginal culture. Uh, Jacinta said it's not it's not the fault of the the white culture that Aboriginal that in these remote areas Aboriginal Australians live in this way. It's their own culture, and that's what needs to change. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And you know, perhaps gatekeepers wanting to um, not do anything about it, allow it to continue. And you know, just going back to this whole what I I would call fabricated culture today. Uh, Bess, her mother, Jacinda's mother, Bess calls, you know, a lot of what we see today is a, a Disneyland culture where, you know, people just claim to this, you know, because they have uh, Aboriginal ancestry, they believe they have, the, they are culturally different to the uh, mainstream Aussie and have this culture um, which amounts to, you know, they, they may say some things differently and uh, claim to be affected differently and that but best just calls it a Disneyland culture and look you know where there are true cultural differences um, yes let's let's consider those and uh, see if they are a barrier to accessing services and, and that sort of thing um, for those people who want to you know I'll be condemned for this but you know if those who want to play the part of Aborigine uh, in festivities and and uh, boardrooms and, and that sort of thing that that's fine if you want to do that um, but let's turn our focus to who are those indigenous Australians who most need help well it's not you it's not Marsha Langton or or Thomas Mayo uh, no it's it it those living in those remote like and they literally are remote communities and yeah another tough conversation is whether uh well because it's the Australian government taxpayer that that funds these, we need to have the conversation. Is is it worth having these places uh, where there is not much hope and opportunity yeah. for those born into them? Yeah. Look, just a quick. Com I'll say a couple of things about those. First of all, I've visited many of those places and I've, I've gone there to help communities. Um, but pe people like Jacinta and her parents, they deal with those people regularly, and. What a lot of people don't realise is Jacinta and her family have, you know, nursed more battered bodies and, um, you know, wounds and cuts of Indigenous people from those camps and communities who are their relatives than what her critics have had warm breakfasts, you know. So uh, behind all the, the scenes, you know, Jacinta's led a life uh, where her parents have modelled good behaviour where they've been constantly helping Aboriginal people from these communities and camps who have real needs, you know, they're hungry or they've been wounded and cut, um, that sort of thing. Uh, so credit to Jacinta and her family for, for doing that and not, not boasting about it either. Um, now, coming back to dealing with those communities, just very quickly, I summarise it this way. If... Though if you can start a business up in those communities and, and get commerce happening and um, services um, and employment and that sort of thing, great. I'm all for government investing a few million, uh, even billion, in, in getting those communities sustainable up and running. Now, I feel there are some communities or s small places where it's not viable. 
someone like Warren Mundine, who is a bit more experienced than me, has said he's um, he, he's very optimistic. He believes everywhere he's been, he said these places have potential. So uh, I'm happy to be guided by Warren's experience. However, I, w- I would just say for those which may not be sustainable, um, in my opinion, you need to have a sensitive exit strategy for them. So I'm not just saying you just pull the people and you dump them in a city. You may have to move them to a a, a hub setting um, where there's still some semblance of, um, you know, bush and and traditional ways and that sort of thing. But we can't, in those places, unless you can get the economy up and running, like Warren thinks can happen in every community, uh, we can't just leave them there to keep doing the same things where they're just earning um, welfare money sitting there, not engaging in meaningful activity and that sort of thing. And I'm not criticising the people themselves. I'm just, I guess I'm critical of the bigger system that has allowed that situation to go on. Like to use a real life example, the now retired uh, Essendon footballer, uh, Anthony uh, McDonald Tip and Woody, he saw that there's not much opportunity for me here and so he well he he, he allowed himself to be adopted by a white social yeah. worker he he wanted to to leave and have an opportunity uh that's a that's an inspirational story and he was beloved by the 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 essendon faithful you want other aboriginal or torres strait islanders uh, to be able to have the resources to 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 want a life like he he got for himself yeah absolutely look and just summarizing um those aboriginal people who have made it you know who are doing well by saying when i say mate i mean just living a, a good life having the opportunities which you and i take for granted they know where the next meal is coming from. They live in a safe environment. They, they've got plenty of opportunities for recreation and uh, socialising and that sort of thing. They've got there through one of two means. They were either born into those circumstances like I was, you know, and I was very lucky. I was born into, uh, you know, two great extended families. Uh, and my immediate family had all the essential needs met. Then you have some people who were not born into good circumstances, like Best Price, uh, for example, who, you know, were able to escape or, um, you know, transfer out of those situations without losing their cultural roots. Um, you also have people like my my father and say Warren Mundine, who you know lived in poverty as as kids, but. Um, the parents, the elders, um, had good morals, which they instilled in their children. Uh, so they may have been living in poverty, uh, but they did not have poverty of character. Now, there's been a lot of focus, well, particularly earlier this year, on the crime crisis in Alice Springs. We've seen some of the horrific uh, footage that come that's come from the the Action for Alice uh, Twitter X account. The Facebook page got suspended, 
And one of the well, the hypotheses I have, because there there is uh, there is crimes, uh, violent crimes that are committed by some Aborigines against white people out of race hatred, and I believe that a lot of that has been taught. And we've seen some of this over in the, the US with the, the looting uh, by uh, mobs of African-Americans because they believe that they're entitled to reparations. I'm interested to hear your point of view. Is, is this, because this is another thing Jacinta has talked about, if you teach someone that they're a victim and that there's no hope for them and that it's uh, these wicked people's faults, uh, then uh, they're going to take, vengeance in the form of crime the, the, in those ways. Yeah, look, if more generally, uh, as I've been, been saying for many, many years, if you teach Indigenous people that they are victims of colonisation, white people, that sort of thing, you know, don't be surprised if they are not so pleasant uh, or, or, you know, look for opportunities to rebel against anything that has anything to do with white, you know, whether it be authority um, or, you know, just towns and suburbs and that sort of thing. Having said that, I like to think it's a small minority of Indigenous people engaging in such behaviour. Um, and I think there's also a few factors that flow for that to happen. Yes, it's the poisonous messages they receive where they're told that white is, is oppressive that sort of thing, um, but also, you know, a lot of boredom, and I'm not, not trying to justify bad behaviour, but certainly boredom is an element there as well too. So, and Now, as that we, we've had more polls that have, that have just come out in the, the last, last few days, there's this uh, focal data poll, uh, which well, points to an overwhelming no vote and there has been another uh resolve poll tonight uh, now i'm not sure there's also been these uh these people saying that well if yes wins it's because the it's been rigged by the the aec we had the uh the debate with the the ticks and and crosses um I don't know if you have an opinion on on any 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 of that we've had the the yes campaign there purple signage uh, outside looking like the, the, the AEC one. There does seem to be uh, a bit of trickery uh, going on. Well, more than, yeah, there is that, but more than just trickery. I've always said, because I get asked, you know, do you think the voice will win or lose? I say, I don't know. However, if it does win, it will win on emotion um, because, you know, humans, you know, we are emotional creatures. And something like this really plays into the hands of the emotional, of um, people who are driven by the emotions. And I've, you know, over the months I've spoken to friends of mine, you know, good friends who, you know, despite we might sit on opposite sides of the political divide, we've maintained good friendships. But I've just seen a few of them just, you know, they, they haven't used their heads, they've just use their emotions where they just think, well, I want to end the disadvantage, so that's why I'm voting for the voice. And to me, that's just such a very limited, empty argument, particularly given that uh, the leaders of the, archite uh, the architects of the, the voice 
haven't been able to tell us how this voice will address the disadvantage. We're just told, oh, well, it's there in the Karma Langton report. Um, so people are just thinking, you know, with their hearts or emotions, yeah, I want to do good. I want to be a good citizen. I want to be part of, I want to be on the right side of history. I want to make things right. I want reconciliation. So of course, I'm going to vote for the voice. What a beautiful moment this will be. Well, that's very shallow thinking. And, you know, despite what the polls say, I hate to say it, that could be enough to get it over the line. I hope not, but it could be. Well, the the vibe, the good feels, that was uh, the basically the message of the first Yes ad with the John Farnham ad, and where it ends with a, a white female a boomer. Basically, she puts the uh, writes the yes in, so she basically, oh, vote yes to feel better about yourself if you're a a a, a, a white boomer. And then we had uh, we've had recently the well, I think the moral black. <laughs> where vote yes or the the little boy is not going to have a good life and then yeah. also talking about the, the the gap and basically saying if you vote no then you don't want the the gap to be closed and anthony albanese he i'm really worried about what what, what he's been saying that said oh if australia votes now we're not going to have a legislated voice it sounds like basically he's just he's just going to basically He's got a form of blackmail. Basically, vote yes, or I'm not going to care about this anymore. Um, it reminds me of that other Indigenous leader slash architect, should I say her name, who said she won't be doing any more welcome to countries. Uh, I thought, well, does anyone really care about that? Is that a promise? And um, that is another what you call fabrication of uh, Aboriginal culture. I mean, it's... I mean, it's been a tradition of the last 10 years at every sporting event, uh, but it, you and I both well know it uh, started with uh, Ernie Dingo as a tourism gimmick in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And look, you can always go back further and find sort of something and use your imagination and say, well, you know, this is just a, an evolution of that. Um, it, it has been past that. Well, not really. Um, it's what we see today seems, you know, would be a lot different to what would have been done traditionally. But anyway, that's an aside. And we also had that uh, condescending ad by uh, Andrew Briggs, which uh, uh, you encountered him at an airport uh, one yeah. time. I'm not sure if you want to relay that story for our viewers. <laughs> oh, can I can't. Oh, well, just very, you know, very quickly. And by the way, I'm always hoping to. To chatting with him, I wouldn't wouldn't mind having a, a coke with him if he if he could be mature enough to do it. Uh, he, he just, I'm just sitting there. I had no idea who it w was. Um, he just comes up to me, uh, you F and C, uh, you cheeky C, and and walks off um, and denied that he did it. Yeah, um, not knowing who he was, I, you know, in an airport, I thought he could be a dangerous person so I let the, the lady on the front desk and only the lady on the front desk know and he claims security involved that no time was security ever involved so and uh, he like spouts the the victim and the, the the evil white oppressor narrative even though he's both had a career as a singer or rapper yeah. or comedian as well yeah and that, you know that would 
Uh, if I had a chance to chat with him, that would probably um, be the one thing I'd want to chat with him the most about. And, you know, many people who are, who are not all, but, you know, many who build their whole identity around being Indigenous, you know, I'm a, I'm a proud Gunji Gunji man or, or whatever, uh, buy into the, or get some leverage from the, vi- the, from the victim aspect part of it um you know it just seems silly when you see that they're hardly victims at all uh or they are victims only of their poor opinion of themselves that they're not victims of colonization oh well we heard from ray martin this week who found out later in life he's one sixteenth aboriginal he is uh, uh calling uh if you don't the slogan if you don't know uh vote no uh for uh ignorant uh, dickheads and dinosaurs uh, which was another charming remark he's also on uh after the voice finale on channel seven there's the voice spotlight debate he's going to be with lydia thorpe marilyn jimmer mccarthy and uh jacinta price so he's one sixteenth. yet later in life that's been a lot of what he's put forward as as his most important identity look uh he's not alone in doing that and it's it's a topic issue which I don't you just can't win that discussion so you know if you've got you know one hundredth uh you know indigenous ancestry I don't care you know I'd rather you know um I want to hear the substance of your argument um not not, not your credential of indigenous ancestry um so just quickly about can I spend a minute talking about Ray Martin yeah go for it yeah now I um I, I looked at the transcript and I think what may have happened with him, he, like, I don't think it was outright he was calling, even though it's been portrayed this way by some of my buddies and that, that he was calling people D&D. Um, it seems that he is, he found fault with the, you know, the slogan, if you don't know, vote no. Okay? Which is not an official yes campaign slogan. It's no to division. She- yeah, um, well, I mean, it, it's it's one that's used by the no camp. You said it's not an official yes. Uh, not an official, not, like the shirts no, don't have, yeah, yeah have no to division, yeah. not if you, do, if you don't know, vote no. Yeah, but that, that cliche of if you don't, you know, it's certainly been thrown around by a lot of, lot of people in the no camp, and it does have some good sense in it. Um, you know, to me, it just says if you if you don't know, it's because the yes camp have not done a good job of selling the yes case, so therefore vote no. So it makes perfect sense. But I could also see where Ray was coming from. You know, he was saying, you know, well, if you don't know, go and find out. Um, that sort of thing for you know those for those people who don't know much about the argument, they should be treated with respect and be given the opportunity to do some investigation for themselves. But you can't find, on the flip side, you can't find out what you haven't been told. And Anthony Albanese oh, for, said, oh, we'll work out the actual, how the voice will work after uh, the for, vote. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And so that that is a legitimate argument that how can we, we vote when, well, we, we don't know, like it's going to be sorted out later. But, uh, yeah, well... And I think that was the whole point of the the original, if, if you don't know, vote no, because if we don't know, it's because despite having 
some yes champions out there, the architects in Albanese, they have not been able to explain how it's going to help Aboriginal people. Now, we've we've talked about the I, uh, the polls. I'm pretty confident that No will win convincingly. In my opinion, that should spell the beginning of the end for what's called the Aboriginal industry, or one of our other writers, uh, Philippi Armstrong, calls it the Aboriginal uh, superstructure. I, we should stop listening to those who have dominated the uh, the discussion, such as Marsha Langton and Noel Pearson, and there should be the opportunity for well, more uh, uh, for other uh, young uh, Indigenous or mixed Indigenous Australians uh, as to 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 come forward and offer more practical solutions that you and uh, Jacinto and Warren have advocated for. I might be optimistic that it might be the end for them, but what, what are your yeah. thoughts? Okay, well, two things. I'm I'm like a, f- a friend of mine said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not as optimistic as you. I don't pay that much attention to the polls. And as I was saying before, gosh, don't underestimate the gullibility of some of the Australian public. Like I said, I have friends who are intelligent people, yet in their minds it's we've got to vote for the voice because we've got all this disadvantage um, facing Indigenous people. Not a good argument, but nonetheless there are a lot of people who bind it. So, so I'm not that confident with the polls. The second thing, will it be the end? Uh, I don't think so. I think they'll, they will just find another project, uh, another angle, another silver bullet because what I've been saying is the, the whole push for the voice is based on the separatist paradigm. That is, uh, your needs are different to my needs, Tim. You've got different sets of needs to uh, what I've got. And if I you know, have a problem, only another Indigenous person can really help me with that problem. You can't help me with that problem because you're, you're not Indigenous, so you can't understand, you know, all that sort of absolute nonsense. Yes. That's been around... For a long time, okay. Um, back when I was a public servant in Queensland Health, uh, that was you know very prevalent. And I've just seen it over the years. In one way or another, there's just been this push, you know, th- through having different Indigenous advisory bodies, different programs, uh, different tactics, different strategies that Indigenous people are separate to non-Indigenous people, and they know what's best for Indigenous people. So. And the voice just happens to be the latest manifest manifestation of that. You could probably call it the, the grand, you know, the the granddaddy of it, or you know, the the separatism on steroids. So if it falls over, well, I'm sure Mr. Albanese will, will be praised for trying. Um, and I don't think it'll be the end of him. He'll be seen as you know, well, you tried so hard, blah blah blah. No. Um. Yeah. Um. And yes, you know the activists—they'll be just looking for something else. You could, but you can still be absolutely certain that spirit of separatism—that is, only Indigenous people can really understand Indigenous people—will still be there, making trouble. Uh, we, we we should point out that Indigenous <laughs> Australians already have a voice through these various uh, government bodies. These—I don't know what the difference between a land council and a land corporation is yeah. and what the council of peaks is and 
all, all of these, there's so many. I'm not sure yeah, if you can, exactly. You know. And I, I I tweeted before. What's the um, the counterpart of you know the non-indigenous counterpart of the indigenous voice? There isn't one. You don't have a non-indigenous voice. You have politicians and leaders and that sort of thing, and they are there for all people. Okay, uh, so this voice is you know, it's a separate thing for indigenous people. And by the way, you know, I don't have a huge problem with. Um, having some advisory bodies and, and that sort of thing, uh, lending a helping hand to Indigenous people who are particularly disadvantaged. So I'm not saying let's abolish every Indigenous department and that sort of thing, because um, some of them do uh, play a valuable role in society. But I'm just saying the overarching paradigm of separatism uh, is just creating problems for Indigenous people. And we don't need another superstructure which would be the voice in addition to those uh those bodies you mentioned a couple of moments ago which included uh the body of peaks those um, are just the ones i've mentioned off the top of my head yeah uh, so i mean we've already got those why do we need another super one again if if the architects or mr albanese was were able to give me a good reason I would probably consider voting yes, but at this stage, I haven't heard a good reason. And obviously all of these bodies, I mean, billions is spent each year and we're not seeing the gap being closed. I mean, one of the good things about uh, uh, Peter Dutton uh, in taking uh, a stand against the voice is he won't be, and Jacinda Price, the Shadow Indigenous Affairs spoke, uh, uh, spokeswoman, is having an audit of these bodies. People have been asking Noel Pearson, where has the $550 million that has yeah. been invested in your various Cape York groups? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, I, I was reading somewhere where Jacinda was posed, opposed on the grounds that. These audits have already been done. Well, I haven't seen them. That's not to say they're not out there. So if they're out there, they need to be made very, very public. Um, so until then, I would back Jacinta in, and I think that's probably been one of, her, one of her best, most valuable claims, and I hope it's the one she sticks with most, that we do need a very transparent, professionally done audit um, on just where... You know, the money's going and, and how it's spent and that sort of thing to see what can be saved and now what do you think of peter dutton's idea to have just a referendum on sole constitutional recognition because in my opinion that could still the high court could still interpret that in ways that is unforeseen yeah well uh first of all i don't think it was the right time for him to mention it because you just had people like Marcia jump onto it and have a bit of fun with it. Um, and look, maybe maybe he wasn't pushing it that much and maybe the media sort of accelerated it. But I just think it, don't think it's something that he should be discussing now. Uh, leave it for another time, wait till the dust settles on the referendum if it does fail. Um, but look, I'm not as cautious as you that it, it's something that will lend itself to being to being misused uh, in a legal sense. I think I think a lot of people would be happy if there was a recognition in just a simple statement of fact that Indigenous people uh, were here before the Europeans. Something as simple 
is that now, um, now I could be wrong. Uh, well, it, it would be ideal, uh, but our High Court has been shown it's been uh, unpredictable with its uh, decisions uh, over over the years. Well, okay. Well, look, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a legal eagle, so I don't. Well, me either. But, yeah. uh, and this is why a lot of people are voting, though. Like, I was at a party the other week. This is just a, 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 a the voice came up, and one person said, Well, how do I know if the voice gets up? They're not going to, you know, be able to legally, the, the local, uh, local tribe take my, take ownership of my home. Now, that's obviously, there would be a lot of people who'd say that's misinformation, but that is, is what some people, uh, are worried about a Pantora's legal box. Oh, look, and for those who are worried, I would say don't worry about that at this stage. You, you know, it's just not a good... What, what, look, what some people don't get, I'll say this here now, when you put forth those arguments, you're going to turn a lot of people off voting, though. You'll be seen, oh, seen as a you know, scaremonger and that sort of thing. Not yes. engaged in politics. It's just like, yeah. I didn't say anything. It was yeah. just something that they said sure and, but yeah. yeah and they are not a like a right winger or anything like that yeah yeah okay look some some people say that to them i would say look that that's, that's certainly the least of your your worries for now Well, I've appreciated you giving me your time uh, tonight, Anthony. I can see how exhausted you are. This uh, <laughs> referendum campaign has taken taken its toll. I haven't taken any of it pers personally, but I just know uh, hopefully on uh, October 15th, regardless of the result, uh, you can have a, a well-earned rest because you've really, over the years, really put your, your neck out. And yeah. Like I know that uh, Lydia Thorpe this week has carried on about the, the the alleged threats and abuse that she's got, but you've got your fair share of uh, that over the years as well. Yeah, and um, that, that's part of the job. And you know, I wouldn't have it as much as say Warren and Jacinta, so they're very much on the on the front line. But what what I can say is, yes, I, I cop a lot of abuse. However, I cop far more praise from people who support me and that just means so much to me so for everyone who has just you know sent me a nice letter um liked something i've done on on twitter that that sort of praise just cancels out any criticism i've ever ever received so i just want the people to know who have praised me and backed me it means so much to me as i'm sure it means a lot to jacinta and warren as well oh well that's I, i'm certainly in the in in that yeah. uh, camp as well yeah and i was just going to say you know just uh being asked to be on, on a show like this again uh just means so much to me to to get invited and you say look anthony i want to hear what you've got to say i don't take it for granted and i do see it as an absolute privilege so thank you very much for that tim and uh uh, we'll obviously be tuning in later on to see uh, what that uh, voice voice debate is. Um, and yeah, we, we neither of us will will know until the yeah. the night. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can I just say one final thing? I see the Australian have got uh, something coming out. It might be tomorrow. Where I think they've already shown a preview of it once. Where it's just an eight minute clip of. Um, 
myself and a few others for and against the voice. And that was a well put together little um, what you promo uh, expose on the voice. Um, so hopefully it'll it'll be not just available on the Australian website but other places as well. Just a eight minutes from what I can remember where you got this assortment of voices giving their views on the voice. I'm just putting up some of the the, the comments uh, praising praising you as well. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, it's uh, my audience is is thoroughly enjoyed uh, hearing from you. Right. Okay. Well, uh, again, it's been good to be with you again, Tim. Um, and maybe we can do something after referendum. Yes, uh, we shall see uh, what uh, the aftermath is. Well, I sort of know how the the ABC and that uh, will uh, spin it, uh, but I certainly think that there's uh, well. I'm very optimistic there'll be a no vote. I think there is opportunity uh, to, to to have a proper proper way forward in this in the in, on this issue uh, between well closing the gap we should say between remote Australians living in remote Australians and Australians living in other parts of Australia. I mean that's how we should sort of see it. Yeah, absolutely. And look, when it comes to Indigenous people, like I've said for a couple of decades, you know the gap we need to close is the gap between those disadvantaged Indigenous people and those Indigenous people like myself, the architects, who are leading a, a pretty good life. Yeah. Well, take care, Anthony, and thank you once again for your time. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's a Wilmsfront uh, for this week. Now, I have got other Wilmsfront uh, guests lined up in uh, the, the coming days and weeks, uh, so I will post those when they are confirmed now of course i we have uh, tim's news explosion tomorrow night at the usual time 9 p.m melbourne time on the wilmsfront channels uh, so there'll be a lot to cover as well and including uh the well the 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 ju the, the just emerged war uh between uh israel and hamas there's a lot to cover and obviously in the, the the final final week we'll have a lot of voice coverage uh the theorists on tuesday night 9 p.m melbourne time and then of course uh the trad tasman talk super saturday stream starting 5 p.m melbourne time on the unshackled and right minds youtube channel uh, so we'll be covering both the voice referendum results and the new zealand general election results uh, so that will be uh with uh anchored by myself, Dewey DeBoer and Stephen Berry, with a panel throughout the night, uh, analyzing the results. And of course, keep checking out the unshackled.net uh, for our uh, Unshackled Productions archive and commentary as well. So thank you for joining me on this earlier time tonight and I'll see you all tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Wilmsfront. Visit timwilms.com to view the archive of episodes and keep visiting theunshackled.net to view all our shows and to keep up with the latest real news and analysis.